Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by two members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. Or or maybe I don't. Are you you alright? I was just reading up on our news that we're going to talk about. (laughs) And I have Scott. Hello. And uh, we got some news here, obviously. Ash, what you got? Uh, Well, as I'm reading. So, just to get a bit more of the... uh, the facts on the California wildfires that uh, are going on again, still, always, it seems like, down there. I don't think they have a non... Uh, we talked about that once, didn't we? They don't yeah, have, they don't have like, an off-season. They have, like, an off-week. It's crazy down there. So, um, the governor of California declared a statewide uh, emergency uh, after officials ordered nearly 200,000 people to leave their homes. That's a crazy number. Um, as hurricane force winds drove multiple wildfires through bone dry vegetation. Um, so it is, there's multiple fires burning that are kind of going to merge upon each other. I'm assuming from what I'm reading here, sounds, sounds pretty crazy. Um, there's pictures that are going around that are pretty awe inspiring. Um, tons of, tons, tons of loss. So our thoughts and, um, well wishes to the the pe- people affected, all the firefighters out on the out on the line there, uh, working away because it is crazy right it's now. Long nights ahead, mm-hmm. like on the bridge. That's insane. Scott's just showing me a picture of the. Uh, there's one with a bridge in the picture, and the whole thing is just kind of burnt right up to the. Is it a river or a lake that runs? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Jeez, that's insane. Like Ash said, again, you know, it seems to be, it seems to be every year, you know, um, whatever it is that continues mm-hmm. to seem to be causing it, we're always dealing with it every year, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. It just keeps seeming to get worse. Um, just to scale this, so uh, you look at two hundred thousand people um, have left their homes. Two point three five million are without power. So there's people that have left, there's people that are staying. I actually seen a video this morning, um, watching the news, and they, uh, there's guys, I'm worried about the electricity that they're trying to rig up in their homes. They got generators running outside with extension cords going in, some super crazy shoddy, you know, you just worry about what they're asking of these little extension cords and stuff. Like, uh, it's crazy out there, so. Be safe. I mean, do what you got to do, but be be safe out there. Yeah, man. Wildfires. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, though, um, even it's more about the population than the size, because even the size of the one last night was four thousand acres, which is sixteen sixteen hundred hectares. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whereas ours, our most recent one was uh, like 3,000 hectares. Is that right? 
Is that what it made it to? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And and on the grand scale of uh, of this province, that is actually very small. Mm-hmm. But it's the population and what happens in that population. So that's why that's why California, I think, has such difficulty because they have like these populations. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. You've taken that, Carl. You took that course. Of course, with the wildfire, like fire smart, yeah, fire smart, um, mm-hmm. and then both the uh, the cast off from the ashes. Yeah, it's uh, like two anything within within like two kilometers. I think. Or, sorry, twenty. I can't remember what it was now. That was a course. That was a course well spent. <laughs> <laughs> One of those days, but uh, embers can travel up to a, a ridiculous yeah, distance. No, I can go. Is, we, I mean, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like with the right winds and the right. The yeah. uh, the right touch would have and these are well, 120 kilometers an hour or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the winds that they create and then just naturally down there. Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And there's that video we posted a little while ago with that. They had that house in the ember, the yeah. ember house. Yeah, with the inside yeah. the and kind of burnt tunnel. Or something. Yeah, and they had that. Yeah. yeah, they were blowing the basically blowing the embers at this house and watch how fast it caught. There's not much you can. There's not really easy ways to fight it. There really isn't. <clears throat> if you look at those again, it's just, you know, uh, a lot of it, the shrubs start going up. So again, it's just about smart planting around your home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some of it was actually, there was, they were going through the vents, the the roof right. vents. You see those? So yeah, I was thinking about that. If somebody just come up with a, you know, a switch that for those kind of things, you <laughs> just hit it and it closes all those down, right? Mm-hmm. There you go, somebody who's... Yeah. who's I'm surprised like California, they don't have more... Like sprinkler systems built on top of roofs, like it would actually make more built sense, in right? on top of a roof. Because mm. you know, nowadays a lot of new construction has to have inside the house. Yeah, but you think like they? I'm sure they have them in some places, but you think they have them built on top of these roofs, like like hardwired in or hardlined in? Well, prime example, if you go in some of the uh, outer areas by us here, yeah, even though they're not necessarily directly in a wildfire area. They are in an area which is very well wooded around yeah. them, yeah. and a lot of them do have their own pumps, generators, and wells specifically set up with sprinklers on yeah. the roofs in these in these yeah. further out areas. Um, and you're right, why why not just have those as well? Because these situations don't seem to, as we discussed, be going away. It just seems right. to keep getting worse. In reality, is like a sprinkler will take care of a lot of those problems because mm-hmm. it gets rid of the embers. It's not like you're fighting a full fire. It's like you're. Especially down there, it's more their their climate is more like well not climate sorry their um, brush is more like ours <clears throat> yep. here yeah so a lot of scrub a lot of like s- smaller trees like not big massive uh, forests that are burning it's just this really quick burning um, lots of embers and lots of wind driven and I know we have success around here with sprinklers mm. it's, yeah. it's interesting yeah. yeah I don't know what it would be and I'm sure there's I don't know. Well, I know they have sprinkler units down there. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure. Hmm. Anyways, <clears throat> we uh, we hope everyone stays safe. Obviously, it's a it's a big thing going on, and again, it goes on every year. So, hopefully, everyone's kicking through. Mm-hmm. Uh, got so we were we had a bit of a discussion uh, before we started here, and uh, <clears throat> we on our recent training session. Because we've been burning down um, one of our long-time trailers um, that we've had for how, how many years is that thing? But it's been there since I think we took. Well, it's the, been there since we've got the training ground. Cause, yeah. Um, it was an old rodeo ground. Right. That's what our, was what that was. So that was like the 
was like the head office or something for this. Yeah. The rodeo. So it's been there since we got in there. It was actually the only structure on that on that property when we arrived. So we've been using it for quite a long time for searching. And Ash was talking about it last week when I was in here. But we were talking, you know, we we searched in it a whole lot. Um, but since and we've taken out the window, like we smashed windows, doing different drills, and we've used we've basically used it for everything we've ever needed to use it for. And it's always been good because it's been it's nice and narrow hallway, super narrow hallway, like narrowest mm-hmm. hallway I've ever seen in my life. And a structure, but you know, it always made it difficult for the guys to when searching to try to get patients out and stuff like that. So it really um, up the difficulty level, mm-hmm. but it's just getting too old. So um, we decided, yeah, this year we're gonna we're gonna burn it over the course of a few weeks, and then uh, we're gonna actually have a massive burn. Like basically, burn it right to the ground. Doing some, we're actually gonna do some. Not just burn it for the fun of it. We're gonna, well, it'll be kind of cool, but we're gonna burn it to. Uh, we're going to do some surrounding it's like defensive stuff we're going to set up a water wall we're going to you know defend some little small structures around it it'll actually be a, a pretty good practice mm-hmm. I think for the guys but before then we're, we've been burning slowly over the course and so we did the two weeks ago we did the bedroom which yep. Ash talked about mm-hmm. and then last week we did the bathroom which is kind of mid middle of the structure and we got two new thermal cameras so um, I took. Oh, actually, you had Ash had one. I had one. Yep. And we took them in with us. Well, you were outside, I guess. Yeah. yeah so I was using mine from the out, from the outside, and Scott took his in. Yeah. I took mine in with me, mm-hmm. um, and I actually laid on the ground because what ha- what happened? We got the fire going pretty good, and of course it starts rolling down the hallway towards me, and um, I know you were laughing at me, Carl, because you. <laughs> Because you thought I didn't have a hose near, online near me. No, I, I was safe. Like I was safe. I was with. I was like two feet into the door. Um, guys with the actual hose were just like right next to me. Um, so what we were watching it because what we were, what I wanted to see was what the temperature was going to be like when we hit it with. Because you always hear these theories, and I think UL has disproven these theories. Um, but always these theories are always where you're going to steam kill somebody. Um, can't add water if there's somebody inside it's gonna make too much steam and you know you're gonna push fire which we know isn't a thing um so i was laying down i i was actually laying down in the hallway because the fire was rolling so heavy over my head and i had the um i had the, I had the thermal camera so it was you know around a thousand degree mark in fahrenheit because it was um we had our, our thermal, the new thermal cameras are in celsius so it was about 500 and something. Mm-hmm. So I was wa- I was watching the you know, the temperature get as low as I could because it's getting hot in there, of course. And then um, hoping, I was like, okay, now I think it's time for the transitional attack. And what we had done on the outside, we actually had, we were running the two and a half because we wanted to see the difference. And too bad, like next time we're going to use an inch and a half. We're going to see what the difference is. But we had the two and a half going uh, smooth bore. And it was 500 and something on the, in the ceiling. And then within... I want to say three seconds of them spraying two and a half through the window on a transitional attack, the temperature dropped down to about 120, 123. So that was like crazy. Because I knew it was going to drop. Or I suspe- sorry, I suspected it was going to drop. I didn't know it was going to take away the heat that fast and like just basically annihilate the whole place. Annihil- annihilate the whole fire. I mean, and it wasn't like there was no, I didn't feel, a, I don't feel an increase of heat from the steam, nothing like that. Because I think. There's so much volume from that smooth bore of two and a half. It just it just knocked the fire right down, knocked all the heat out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. 
And they still had to go in. I mean, that's the fire oh, yeah. wasn't out. It was just that that big seat was knocked back, uh, kind of re resetting that uh, fire clock, giving us time. Because the longer that they took to, to go in, and not like they took long, but this was a training thing, so we're we're being a bit a bit more a bit more methodical, if you will, rather than um, just you know letting it fly and doing what we train. This is the slowed down version of it. Um, so make sure double check the plan. Everything's happening. And they go in, so a couple extra seconds were were maybe taken. Um, they then push in, the fire's starting to grow back, but that big heat's been knocked down. I mean, that was the biggest thing. Um, and that's exactly what that transitional attack's for, is just giving yourself time. Right. Um, and now, I mean, we, we, air quote, knew that this was going to be the outcome of it, but to see how drastic the heat got knocked out, and it was rolling. It's not like it was like a small fire that we sprayed in there. It was, it was rolled. I mean, yeah, because on the outside it sounds like you guys were. It like, was self-venting. It was like it was like, venting out the yeah. one window, um, mm -hmm. venting out the back windows where we mm -hmm. were last week. Um, it, yeah, it was quite Because I actually went, went even when uh, after you guys knocked it down, I got out and then the guys pushed in to do the actual attack. I looked out the back window and it was still like fires pushing out the back window, mm -hmm. partially because I mean we put the fan on, and again can't say enough about uh, uh, venting and the w and uh, you know I like the way we vent which is with using that positive pressure attack so we had the vent fan going but again it reminds me of why people get nervous about it because I looked at the back window and flames are shooting at the back like it looked like we had a blowtorch going mm -hmm. at the back because we had we were pushing it with a fan but looking on the hallway because I could do that because so I'm looking on the hallway and it's it's clear the guys are making an attack it just it pushes it where we want it to go and which that's what we want that's what it's for mm -hmm. and then right away the guys started doing uh, hydraulic ventilation knocked it out because we, we did a few um, scenarios where because we did about what five burns in yeah it was uh, before it was pretty much pretty productive useless. night there um, so we did I think we did two with a fan and yeah. then we did the rest without a fan to see what the what the difference was and it, it was pretty drastic without venting like mm -hmm. the guys couldn't see they were you know they were relying on yeah. thermal cameras to try to push in and see what's going on and yeah. Mm -hmm. So the combination of that transitional attack with the fan and then hydraulic ventilation just really was <coughs> really brought everything full circle and people could and especially the newer people they could see what we've been talking about. Cuz inside of a burn building like a design burn building like a C-can or something. You know what you know it's not going to go anywhere else. Like you know it's not going to go out of the four walls. And inside an actual structure, you're like, I don't know where this is going to end up. <laughs> like, like, I have ideas, and I understand what's going to happen. But maybe when that wall burns through, it, like, because all of a sudden, we were looking on the hallway, and, of course, over that, over five burns, the little flimsy wall in this trailer burns through, and <laughs> now it's rolling down the, above us in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, well, that's on fire. <laughs> so it's, like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Every burn, we kept saying to ourselves, all right, well, we need to do two more. Nah. Maybe one more. Maybe this will be it. You know, you, you, you're hopeful that you're going to get a couple more burns out of it and then a couple more nights out of it. But yeah. because it's a real structure, and we know how it <coughs> should be affected by what we're about to do. But, I mean, it's a living, breathing thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. It's like a, is it like a dragon? It's like no, a dragon. No, no, no. You got to slay the dragon or ride the dragon or do something to it. Yeah. Feed, feed the dragon? dragon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of feeding the dragon. <laughs> so when uh, Warren and I went into, uh, we were, we were stacking a few more pallets in just to get a couple of last burns. Because by, by, you know, the fourth burn, it was pretty saturated with water and it wasn't going the way we wanted. It was more just a little fire instead of room. So we threw some pallets back in and uh, got to roll and build it again. Like, wow, why is my neck so hot? Well, again, back to the, it's an actual real structure. Well, you know, in a burn building, I, I can, I know exactly what the fire's going to do in there. Because first of all, we've been dealing with it for like 10 years. So I, we we know what it's going to do inside those burn buildings. Well, suddenly this fire, it's it's caught the um, insulation paneling. Because oh. <laughs> it's paneling, right? It's yeah. like an old you know, 80s trailer, right? Yeah, Maybe 70s. Early 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Start to be generous. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 70s trailer. And uh, the paneling's on fire over my head. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's burning now. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we discussed it. And Todd actually mentioned uh, last week as well, you know, like when they got an acquired structure and they lit it up and they were going through and then it's like, okay, yeah, we... No, this is a structure fire now, boys. Like, we've yeah, been talking for so long. Now right. it's an actual fire. We need to do something about it. It can get out of control. Yeah. Um, obviously, in this situation, it didn't. And it, it, it yeah. we're, we're, you know, better than Todd's department anyway, so. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Todd's <Sting>. fired. <laughs> but, uh. Carl. Carl. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll take the heat. <laughs> and, like, anyway. Um, <laughs> We, uh, it, it didn't happen, obviously, and it, it, those situations can, though, and they can very, very quickly. Well, we were very, like, when we first started two weeks ago on this structure, um, I know what Ash had asked me, he's like, are we doing a, are we doing a scenario <clears throat> where we drive in, roll up, structure fire, or are we going to do it as a training thing? I'm saying, no, it's going to be a training thing, because, because I don't know how fast it's going to go up, and, you know that extra 30 seconds it takes for the guys to actually pull the hose and get ready like on a like a would be a real, a real scenario mm-hmm. fire um could be the difference between us putting a, a remote or us having a fully involved trailer fire that now <laughs> everybody has to kind of come down and fight and we get one burn out of it yeah <laughs> so absolutely maybe that can happen the last time <laughs> yeah it like it's much better yeah in a couple weeks from now this way. yeah yeah we'll have a leave it if this next time we we light it on a couple thursdays from now if it burns right down, it's not a big deal. I don't want it to that to happen because uh, mm-hmm. it's it's not a. Some guys just want to see a whole bunch of fire, but it's it's not a best training scenario. Best training scenario is what we've been doing because it really got the the new guys involved in. Because even some of the attacks, even that I think that attack when I was laying on the ground, um, we invited a couple of them in just to see. Because you don't get to always see you don't get to see fire all like rolling over your head, even in the burn building. I mean, we get to see it. It's pretty cool, but it's pretty clear. It's really mm-hmm. clear smoke and just burning a structure. It's always going to be different. And you can see it rolling in a hallway and it's like, yeah, the guys are like, oh, this is, this is a little bit different. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the big thing for this as well is, <clears throat> like you were saying, the, the new guys got to experience a whole bunch of things, but it also shows the, the, the great aspects of when you layer the training, right? We have done PPV, we have done hydraulic, hydraulic ventilation, and we've done transitional attack. So mm-hmm. having this then is that kind of one, two, three punch mm-hmm. of showing you this is why, this is what it does, this is why we do it, and this is how it's so effective yeah. is a really, really big thing that you can just instill in your brain. Hey, you know what? Last time we did this and we were in this similar situation, yes, it was a training scenario, but <clears throat> we did this, and we went here, and this is what happened, and then it's ingrained fully, right? Yep. Inoculation. Yeah. It also it also reiterated the point, and I don't have to tell you guys this, but the 
exterior versus interior ridiculousness of it. Like, everybody should just be interior. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep preaching that. <laughs> because <coughs> even that, it shows like, hey, yeah, we, we, put, we did an exterior water application. So we use methods from exterior firefighting. But we, Ash said himself, like, as soon as we turn that off, turn that nozzle off, the fire is still going. And we can only get so much from the exterior, so it's rolling in the hallway. So we have to push it back interior. And the sooner you, you can go in and do it, it's better. It's yeah. better for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we're all trying to save life and then structure, yeah. it makes sense that we have to go in and yeah. we have to fight it from the inside if that's where it is. Now, I understand there are situations, there are departments. Again, we, I was listening to the Bar Boys today, mm -hmm. um, their most recent episode, and they were discussing this with the, uh, I don't know if he was a chief, it was a gentleman from Ottawa, mm -hmm. and uh, they were talking about it. And, you know, he said, like, I, I don't like when people just say, be aggressive, because there are situations yeah. where you can't be. And we well, can't discuss that too, right? You're manpower. You know? Yeah, <laughs> manpower, or, you know, it's just, it's non-savable. We've had a couple of those recently, mm -hmm. um, you know, over the past year that have been that way. There are situations where you can't, but if there is a possibility that you can, and you are a fast responding department that has enough manpower to be internal with RIT, and do the job that you need to do, do it. Yeah, I'd rather have departments limited by manpower and things like that, as opposed to being policied. Mm -hmm. Like, nope, and if PA says you can't go in because you you don't have these three check marks on your, because really, interior firefighting, there's not a whole lot after you've learned all the other stuff. There's, you know, there's a few key things, like there's rate, like you just said. Um, you know, there's like I mean there's there's some stuff but it's like you know what it's not that difficult those three or four things are well maybe more than that but I mean there's like overhaul and and stuff like that's in there too so it's, it's that's not hard to teach none of it's hard not hard it's just no I, I like I said I think it should be limited it shouldn't be limited by the policies of a, of a, of a program it should be limited by oh I, we don't have enough manpower Oh, the structure is, you know, the chief, you know, the, someone, the experienced officer is looking at it going, yeah, it's not, it's going to be a surrounded round because it's, you know, it's already fully involved and there's no one in there for sure and, you know, that sort of stuff. That's what we should be basing it on, not on the fact that, oh, I didn't get the right check mark on my box to go in. Right. I mean, everybody should just be trained to that level. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that's the... It's one of those again. We get back to that NFBA conversation, right? Like mm -hmm. how uh, and and in fact, I think it was uh, it was either I think it was Nick Nick Hamill. Mm -hmm. Nick had said, um, "It's not we're all professionals. the The job that we do as professionals isn't backed up by paycheck." Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I completely agree. Right? Like if we're going to do something, we do it because we train hard to do it. And we've, we're confident and safe when we do it. If we can't do it, we won't do it. It's as simple yeah. as that. But as soon as we know that it's safe and viable, <clears throat> give it a go. Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's the job. Yeah. So transitional tax. <laughs> Useful before certain things. And again, so just, and, and this is from our experience now, right? So again, that conversation and uh, you said the ULA have done a whole bunch of stuff on it too what yeah, it comes to. yeah they did a I think it's somewhere in New York they had a bunch of townhouses mm -hmm. there's a bunch of research on it they were showing you know 
exterior water application and temperature didn't did not increase um, which was everybody always thought oh you're gonna steam kill the person you're just gonna make you're gonna push the fire in the hallway it's gonna do all this stuff it doesn't do any of that stuff it does increase the volume of steam but it's I would like you know I had my I think at one point I had my glove off just because I wanted to see, because you know, I'm, I said, I'm, it's science. I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> so I take my the science. Experiment. I take my glove off, and like I was ready to like, I was ready to tuck it underneath my arm to protect myself from the in like with my turnout coat. But I was like, yeah, I want to see. Like you know, there's always like um, people saying, hey, you're gonna you're gonna steam kill somebody. So I took my glove off, and yeah, I could feel the temperature drop right down. Didn't burn myself. Like didn't get it. Didn't even feel like, oh, it's getting hot. The one time it did get hot though, and I th- was we were actually playing around with our piercing nozzle towards the end of the night. So normally our piercing nozzle will shove through the ceiling into an attic, or we can also use it into a basement. Well, in this case, we we're like, well, let's shove it through the trailer wall because it actually goes right through like butter. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty impressive. You don't even need to hammer it in; you just can drive it right through. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so uh, Warren was uh, he was the guy running the thing. So I told him, yeah. Uh, so it was like three or four of us sat in there. The fire wasn't full on rolling. It was, but it was getting. It's pretty hot in there, and it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was cooking pretty good. So he he rammed the piercing nozzle through the wall and turned it on. That was the only time I felt steam starting to like. I felt my neck starting to get hot, and, and you know the areas where you where you feel the steam. I I could feel it getting hotter in there, and I had taken my glove off. I could feel the heat rising. And I think it's because that piercing nozzle is designed to do. It's designed to go up into an attic. Put just enough water onto steam the entire attic and, and kill that fire with with steam. Um, so it was interesting because it yeah, didn't have enough water to knock the heat out of the fire, but it had enough to basically steam the whole place. And we were we were in there with it. <coughs> so, yeah. So with the with the Pearson nozzle, then obviously, like you said, it's it's designed to just do that steam kill portion. It's kicking out less yeah. volume of water. When you're hitting it with a two and a half, it's a very large amount of water, very very quickly, yeah. and it just smothers as fast as it can. Yeah, so that's like a steam, wet blanket goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steam just doesn't have that time to build like it does with smaller smaller yeah, molecules yeah. of the Pearson nozzle. Yeah, and I'm not advocating using a Pearson nozzle into a <laughs> to a structure like into jump through a wall. But it was just something we wanted to see because we don't normally see a piercing nozzle at work inside because usually, like I said, it's in like an enclosed area where we're not watching it. So we have to dri- drive it through and watch what it does inside. But now that we know it... But it's interesting, you yeah. know, Manpower Limited. Yeah. Shove it through you a window. You can't get a guy over there. You just, yeah, you, if you got crews working over here, you got one guy free. Uh, it's a great, great thing that you can keep in your back, back pocket. You jam it through a window jam jam through a wall like that and you can like legit walk away from it once it's in there like it's not going anywhere well again especially if it's uh if it's a container that's not even occupied if you know it's not occupied the container's Mm -hmm. not and you can still get through the wall with it why not Mm -hmm. why not that's literally the whole thing done on its own because i was thinking there was a couple of times where we've uh had structure especially this year we've had like structure fires burning and then an rv nearby and the rv catches fire could we have jammed the piercing all the DRV, turn it on, walked away, yeah. let it let it cool the inside, so could've, it wouldn't cook. But we could have put it through a window. Yeah. 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 Solid. Uh, just things to think about. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's just like a giant sprinkler when you when you turn yeah. it on. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about for sure. Absolutely. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit as well about 
something else that had uh, recently occurred. Um, I'm not going to get too too in detail um, about the whole situation, but uh, enough that we just kind of want to bring some bring some things up, bring up some points, um, more so as a as a learning experience more than anything else, and that being about switching gears, detachment, and uh, adapting to situations. So, Ash. Yeah. So uh, last Friday. <clears throat> we uh, I don't know how many calls came in I think it was many many it was a, it was a really busy day super windy um, and kind of set off the start of our day if you will um, we have a call come in and it's a grass fire which is uh, um, odd for us at this time of the year uh, and I happened to be working just right down the way. I was out doing some outside calls with uh, one of my outside salesmen. And uh, so I'm responding direct to this grass fire. Well, California would blew up some of his numbers all the way up here. Yeah, it was windy, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> so I get on scene and I see somebody who we know. This is a smaller town. Um, we, we or some, some of we, know everybody. So I'm like, hey, what's going on up here? And he... Gives, gives me the spiel and uh, tells me that, yeah, his neighbor's, like two doors down, neighbor's place is on fire, like it's a shrubbery and such, and it was rolling and he came up to help. And, uh, you know, he was asking me where the neighbor went. And uh, in that moment, I start looking around and here's the neighbor had dropped with uh, a medical issue. To which uh, that's kind of where we're going with this is, um, you know, you're responding to something, and generally, <clears throat> as you're responding to it, in your mind, you're already making that plan. You're, you know, we talk about trying to be as prepared as you can mentally, and um, you know, thinking ahead, and you're doing that windshield survey as as you come up, and I mean, that was not something that I even thought about on that kind of, kind of a call so not being mentally prepared for something like that even though this is our job and this is what we do um, it was uh, it was a moment and yeah you like we just said you, you kind of have to take that step back and you know assess what's happening and it's like we do with every call but um, yeah it was uh, it was crazy it was a tough one <clears throat> so effectively you went from and it, it, again we just want to talk about that switching gears mm -hmm. you went from that same thing we all do it's a it's a car fire it's a structure yeah. fire it's a mm -hmm. rush fire yeah and so we're running through the process of the next steps in that logical order of containment and extinguishment yep and then you get there and there's a bigger issue mm -hmm. and you instantly have to think on your feet start figuring stuff out in this instance like you said when you had responded you didn't respond is as, uh, as in your firefighter gear right because you were responding in your personal vehicle because you were close enough by that that yeah. was good enough to do so as an officer that happens and we, we get that situation so mm -hmm. you didn't have anything that was that was ready to kind of do what you needed right. to do right but, well yeah there's a lot of work an officer can do without needing all this gear right? especially on a fire yeah, you know, I'm assuming your checklist, like you're like, okay, right, what structures you got nearby? Yeah. And what resources I got coming, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need a whole bunch of different resources to come. 
Plus, mm-hmm. still gonna, you still have the fire to fight. Yeah, the fire wasn't <clears throat> extinguished by any means. So there was uh, there was many levels of importance going on here. Um, you know, medical is the highest. But if the fire is still rolling, which it wasn't rolling, it was it wasn't out. But I mean, it was still a concern while this is happening. So I mean, you're you're just going through all of that stuff and um, not having. How, how can I say it? it's not not having the I don't want to say the appropriate, but we've we've got a medical packed truck, and that wasn't the one that was responding because it wasn't a medical call. We do have medical uh, supplies on all of our apparatus. Some have more, some have some, um, you know. And there was other calls rolling out at the same time, so our department was 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 spread around our coverage area, I don't want to say thin, because we, we, we were able to respond to everything. It was really good. But, uh, you know, going going direct, uh, and then in the moment, you know, when you're trying to relay back back and forth and trying to realize, okay, what responding units do I have coming? What do we have available? What, what manpower do I have coming? Who's on these trucks? Does people have higher and lower medical experience? Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it was a different situation, um, one that, uh, as a newer officer, I've never, I've never been in that kind of a situation before. I'm super proud of the way that the team handled it all, um, but yeah, just sort of de- the whole detachment, um, especially in a smaller town where you know everybody, um, was going through my mind a lot, and it was. Uh, it was helpful in a, in a situation that really could have gotten away from from us, if you will. Yeah. <clears throat> Detachment is uh, it's always one of those things that we, we talk about. And uh, in a situation like that, you, you made the right call. Um, and you, you did everything that we could do. You know, we, we put the... The, we put the priorities in the right order. You mm-hmm. did. You put the you put the priorities in the right order, and and uh, yeah. Again, we talk about detachment. Really tough under pressure. Really tough under that stress, especially when again you're you're fixating on one thing, and all of a sudden the situation changes dramatically. Everything else on the fire ground, dynamic. We try and do what we can. There you go. Stay detached. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I know. Well, you've been sat there. I can see your, I can see your brain like smoking. What's well, something else going on over in the corner over here? No, I was just thinking more about that. You need a transitional attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of that. Um, no, I was thinking more about that training we did. Uh, so step away from the call that Ash was talking about. Going back to the training for transitional attack. Um, one of the other things we did that night. So after we'd done a few attacks, I had actually brought the guys in, and. It sounds weird, but it, I told them to like just go play with the fire. <laughs> go play in the go play in the stream. The buses. Kids. No, maybe I'm, like, I'm, I'm like a terrible parent. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but like one like like one thing we learn like that's how we learn stuff about the fire. It's like if you treat it like if, you, if you're always like okay everything has to be an attack, everything has to be a drill, everything has to be you know super serious like we're gonna you know we're gonna hit it we're gonna go in we're gonna do this ex- exact thing we're gonna do and then we're gonna get back out and that's, we're, that's how we're gonna fight every fire but that's not how you learn how to how fire works and 
I know years of us sitting in a burn building, just sometimes we just sit in there and watch it. And we just, you know, the guys just sit inside and we watch the fire burn. And and one of the time, one of the best times we ever our guy our guys get to experience that is when we have other departments come and train with us because our guys go in and, and act kind of the tech part. So they load the fire and then they just stand there and you know they get all hot and they feel the heat and they see the thermal layers change and they feel it coming on the wall and they know okay if I sit too close to the wall here it gets hot because it's you know it's rolling over and and it's just yeah so I told the guy I, I told the guys you know like we've we've pretty much burned up most uh most of the material we're going to burn up in that area anyway so we know it's not going to get out of hand too bad but I just wanted them to go in and I'm like yeah just play around like let it see how see how it builds see what happens when you hit it with this type of stream and play just knock it down like play with it <laughs> like that's how you learn what what happens in there yeah this, I thought that's important because quite often in training everyone especially when it's live fire it's everything and it, and it has to be serious and it has to be safe but you can also make it safe and also kind of fun and that's how you learn that's how you learn about what the fire does yeah that might be wrong, but <laughs> if it's if it's wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily wrong. I think I think you're right. You know, at, at the end of the day, there's there's all the experience in the world that we you know we we do with whatever we do with the, the training buildings and the burn buildings and things. And like you said, everything reacts in a manner that we are accustomed to. Yeah. We know how it's going to go. We know that it's metal. Yeah, it's yeah. going to get hot. But we know that we can control it with with certain blasts here and there. When you're in the in, when you're in the stretcher fire and you're dealing with actual materials that are actually on fire all around you, and the layers of smoke and everything else that come with that, it's a very very different environment. Um, there is an inoculation of heat and stress, but nothing that really fully prepares you for being inside of a burning building. Right. So, getting in there and having the opportunity to start blasting stuff on the roof see how this does see what this does because we know what it does in a sea can yeah but when we're actually in those situations in those very few situations where we do end up getting the opportunity to get inside and do those things which we have been very lucky enough to do mm -hmm. um, and save some pretty significant structures recently especially mm. um, if you get that opportunity just to play with that a little bit more any experience is good experience Absolutely. especially for new guys yeah. I, I, I kind of like think of it like Back to jujitsu. It's like we could drill all day, an armbar, do an armbar, do an armbar, do an armbar. But then you don't even know if it works until you're doing it in live. But you don't want your first time when you're doing it live to be out in the street against a friggin' 300 pounder. You don't want to be like, oh, this armbar didn't work. Because <laughs> that's the worst time. To, so that's basically like now you're in a live, now you're in a real fire. But we could train on the mat and roll keep it playful as the greasy say you keep it playful you play around with it oh i can pull it off from this angle from that angle from there that's really what it's kind of like it's like melding those two things it's like yeah you, you do your drill you do your um you know kind of wrestling rolling sort of thing to sparring some people call it and then you go and then maybe one day hopefully you don't but one day you might get an actual fight and you're inoculated and you know it's probably going to work from this angle we always talk about that training to fail and you can flip that and still think train to fail but do it in a fun way as well so maybe when you're in there and you're saying play with it hmm. is this works this doesn't work so when you're in that situation you know what's going to fail yeah. so hey I can see what's effective I can see what's not 
those sort of a that sort of a situation, um, you can't recreate, and you don't want to recreate that live out in the field. You want to have that moment in a um, as controlled environment as you can, but it's still a structure fire. I mean, this is real. This is going to react as as similar as we would see if we were rolling up to a legitimate structure fire. That's the time to fail. Um, and it's not failing. It's just it's testing your skills and testing your equipment and how you're going to handle it. And, I mean, there's uh, still a, yeah, there's still a slight chance you might get hurt. I mean, yeah. You might you know your mask could have a problem. You might mm -hmm. burn your arm. You might do something. You might fall through the floor and get pulled out by somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's probably not going to be that catastrophic injury that in a real structure fire when you're that's right. You know, and only when the variables aren't handled. Again, same as sparring. You might get you might get your knee tweaked like Carl did. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't get his knee broken. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> put in the hospital because he got his knee broken and he got punched in the face and he got choked out. <laughs> that didn't happen to you, did it? <laughs> Not that I remember. No, I was that cold. Um, <laughs> it's not cold in my face. <laughs> but Scott told me I was fine. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's so true. And there's that, the inoculation goes further than the heat too, right? It's that knowing that you, you still respect the fire because you have to. That's what we all have to do. Because um, it is the thing that can take us out, but ultimately we need to learn and get comfortable with not just the heat, but dealing with those flames, mm -hmm. dealing with the changes in environment, dealing with that smoke and knowing, you know what, I've got these tools that I have trained and they are all in my toolbox and all of them revolve around this nozzle in my hand and aspects of this room that I'm in right now. Yeah. If I get the opportunity to play with that, am I going to vent for a little bit, clear the air a little, you know, maybe do a quick steam kill, hit the roof, see what it does to the flames? You got that opportunity. It's a huge opportunity, which is why I wish we had more people that wanted us to burn their houses down for fun. But unfortunately, they're not. There's not many of those around, right? Well, I think there are, but I think uh, <laughs> some of the environmental concerns and you know, there is a, a story of you know, 15, 20 years ago here. Uh, Control burn might have gone away, started a little bit of a fire, ah. a grass fire maybe. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it doesn't happen. Right? And, and, and environmentally, and like, people just don't, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the, the burn building's good too. Burn buildings are I fantastic. Mean, yeah, burn don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah they've been, uh, honestly, uh, and again, Ash, you were, you were saying um, previously how lucky we are. That's right. to be able to have what we have and yes we have seminar and yes we have right. ways that we do things to make the money for that right. and we work very hard for that and so have many right. people over the many years to get those things right. fantastic we're lucky to have that right. there's many gotten, people that don't get to touch we've that. gotten quite skilled at making the burn building fires do things that we wanted to do fact whether it's like we hang the chains from the rafters from the rafters not from the rafters from the um from the points inside the burn building, we hang the chains and we put pallets on top of the roof, so it, it gets that gets that fire burning on the roof better. And you know, we hang pallets off the walls. We do different things. Uh, yeah, we, we we can get the fire to kind of do what we want it to do. Um, we we have smoke generators. We use either use hay or some of that other stuff we use um, to get different smokes. And it's like we can still make a fire. Seem like we're in the middle of a real mm -hmm. structure fire. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Gents. Yeah. Any more for any more? Nope. Solid? Yeah. Then I guess we'll just get straight into the shout-outs. So, uh, Scott, Chief Miller. Chief Miller. So, Chief Miller's on uh, 
everything on Facebook, so Instagram. What else is there? Well, <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, repost a lot of stuff. Repost our stuff. Has a lot of podcasts under his um, umbrella. Um, has his own uh, product line, and that's a. I've listened to your. I listened to the podcast last week, like you guys, when I was away. Mm. Um, things were said. <laughs> Accusations were made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna defend Bob. I know where he's going. That yeah. the old chief, our chief. Uh, you, <laughs> you guys said we. Uh, I didn't think it sounded like you accused him of stealing it. Bob thought you accused him of stealing a mug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant we gave it to him. I thought we gave. Yeah. Him. Did we not give him the mug? No, we yeah. didn't give it to him. No, I looked at it one day and went, "That's a cool mug." I took it home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Scott stole it. I thought we gave it to Bob. One evening. <laughs> no? Well, I was just sitting here and no one was using it, so I'm like, I'm going to take that home. <laughs> it's one of those color change mugs. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that wasn't the mug I was talking about, but it, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about now. So, anyways, still... yeah, I took that mug home. So, Sorry. Bob didn't Bob didn't take a mug. We, we will, Chief, we will get you a mug. <laughs> we'll get you a or mug. Not. I promise. <laughs> Ash promises he will get you a mug. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, right, Chief Miller. Chief Miller. <laughs> <laughs> He's got mugs. <laughs> he got mugs for days. Yeah. Um, Motus. Motus Snagger Tools. Uh, we love them. We use them. Uh, a couple of us have still got them. And uh, a few of us maybe getting some more. So they are great. They're really good for uh, handling the two and a half inch hoses. And uh, yeah. Yeah. They do some door stops and things. We tested and played with a few of those. They were good. Mm-hmm. And they got some, uh, they got like a little goodie bag, go it's bag like a truck thing. Pack. Truck pack. Yeah, which they say, they're talking like it's a limited run. Oh. But they're selling them out, so. We get one? We're not getting one at this point. No. I don't know why they don't love us anymore. Come on, man. <laughs> love us. But I thought we were friends. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> I, th- I think we're still friends. What? So. Use our friend code of DTFF5 (laughs) and you can save yourself 5% on on all of the bits and pieces that are on their website. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that is Motus. Yeah. Ash? RZ Masks. Uh, Talk about them every week. Talk about how we use them, how we want to try to use them. Um, I was outside the... uh, trailer fire there the other day and I was running mine anytime I was like in the fringe uh, and, and it was great it was times probably where I wouldn't have even thought about tossing anything on before uh, and I noticed just at the end of the night I just like there was no no smell no taste it was like it did its job um, it's not a replacement for SCBA but uh, we are using them more and more it's getting drilled into our minds to pull these things out uh, we're using the M1 it seems to work the best for us um, sort of fits our needs the best if you will but uh, yeah quick don quick doff yeah spot spot something yeah um, I may have even saw Ash poke his little head in every once in a couple of times mm-hmm. into the actual structure just to check if you were still alive yeah <laughs> Yeah. How's the science experiment? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It was more to see if Scott was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Valid. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, like, I never would have went up close, but, I mean, it wasn't, like, the smoke wasn't rolling out crazy at the back or anything, so I came up low and poked, poked my head in quick and uh, right back out, and, um, yeah, it 
definitely did its job. I mean, I definitely was putting it probably further than I should. Absolutely, you were. All right, Slap well. some wrists. Mm-hmm. Push limits. I mean, luckily there was space under the bus and being thrown under, so it's fine. <laughs> um, She's going to love his name, Mug, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, use them for, for fires. Use them for pump operators, for medical calls, for, um, yeah, cleaning up puke at home which i might might have used because i can't handle the smell of puke so it's uh it just knocks down a little bit of the smell not not all of it though because i almost got puke on the inside of my rz mask but not down put, uh, like essential oils inside there, there you go, go. Yeah. Yeah. lavender there you go <laughs> maybe some lavender some, puke smell that's great need some dtff oils now this is it's gonna be yeah smoke scented so mm. i don't know if you want smoke scented yeah, yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> someone might. Yeah. Um, whiskey, whiskey said it. Hey, so, uh, there you go. I think we know a guy. We might know. <laughs> That's one of the dumbest things, which reminds me of. So, at my place of employment, we have air fresheners, and one of the air fresheners is bourbon. Really? Why would you want your vehicle? <laughs> Hello, Hello officer. officer. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's not liquor? No, it's my air freshener. Uh-huh. Uh, Step out of the vehicle. <laughs> Step out of the vehicle, sir. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I don't smell anymore. <laughs> Do you sell many of those? Um, no, I really don't. Just the firefighters. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but anyway. To um, cover the smell of smoke. <laughs> RZ mask. Um, yes. The... Uh, gave us our own discount code they now. Did so. DTFF. Yeah. What was that? You, uh, DTFF gives you thirty percent off. Thirty. Three zero. All of the percent. That is quite a fair no, bit. Actually, only thirty percent. Only thirty percent. It's not free. <laughs> Even we don't get all of the percent. That's just buying everyone RZ masks mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Well, masks, masks, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rosie masks. Rosie masks. DTFF. Go buy one. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you heard it from us. Yeah. Scott. Stop the bleed. That's it. No. Um, Bleedingcontrol.org. Um, we've talked about stop the bleed a lot. Free course, free program. You can um, find it online. Pretty much if you're a EMT or uh, have any any high high level of first aid training or a peace officer or any of that sort of stuff, you can uh, you can take the course and become an instructor in it and spread the news spread the word actually last week when I was away I was teaching I taught some uh, law enforcement some local law well, actually not local some out of area law enforcement uh, some of the stop the bleed stuff and we actually managed to work in some pretty cool scenarios did some uh, did the wound packer the, the yoga block wound packer and yeah worked it into some of their um, their actual um, reality based stuff where they were wearing their masks and Simunition rounds were going off, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely up that level, up the game a little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're actually, oh, that person's actually bleeding over there. <laughs> Let's go deal with that. Yeah. It's pretty nice. sweet. Yeah. Nice. So, where can they find out a little bit more information about it on that? Bleedingcontrol.org. Yeah. Perfect. Bleedingcontrol.org. Stop to bleed. Love it. Get on it. Uh, second alarm our friend Matt's calls um, Matt has a calls secondalarm.org um, 
Matt is trying to raise awareness for um, what we do in the fire service, especially the volunteer fire service, and try and entice and encourage more people to come and see what we do. Scott, you got something? Oh, just one thing I heard on the bar board today was um, a firefighter from Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Talking about one of the th- one of his ideas, I don't know if it's his idea in particular, but is to put a put some townhouses on the back end of a fire station. Yeah, and I I, I gather I wasn't really getting I didn't get the whole story from him, but I, I gather you would rent it for free, and the caveat would be the people the person that was living in there would have to be a volunteer firefighter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. So it's like a live in, but not really a live in because you're just basically getting your rent for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some people are like, well, no. If you if you can what do they say if you can if you can afford to build an apartment building on the back end of a fire hall you can afford to pay full time members but as one of the Knicks pointed out well mm-hmm. you only have to build the building once <laughs> if yeah. you have a full time member you have to pay the member all the time forever <laughs> until he retires and then you have to buy another member so yeah one big expense versus a forever expense a forever expense so yeah yeah I yeah I thought that was actually a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Very interesting idea. Yeah, I would have yeah. scooped that up if I, if I was younger. And had, well, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know how it would work if you had a family and stuff. <laughs> My kids move in here too. My wife and <laughs> yeah. I they can all be volunteers too. Is that <laughs> you, you, you pretty much are at the moment anyway. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. The uh, yes. Secondarm.org. <laughs> Uh, they're not building townhouses, but no. they, they, might, they might if you they ask them. Nice no, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they are trying to raise awareness for volunteer firefighters and trying to get more people inside of your fire holes. Um, for the people that have recruitment issues, this is going to be a very big, large uh, cord, uh, like a, a group that is going to be charging ahead to try and promote this for you and to help you, not individually, on mass volunteer departments nationally. So uh, go check them out. Take a look, support the calls where you can, and uh, yeah, subscribe to the Facebook pages and things that are all going to be popping up here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, great guy, great vision. Go see. Ash. Yeah, lastly, not leastly. Um, we've, uh, I think we've been tossing some love all episode here, as we usually do. Uh, uh, the Bar Boys, which they have embraced the Bar Boys. I, uh, if you look at their latest podcast it even says this week the bar boys talk to you so uh you're welcome yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna claim that i guess yep uh, so, well, actually i give that one to ask and then he called him that for uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the brotherhood academy radio podcast um the knicks and paul um yeah east coast swing americans um we've got a good rapport back and forth um, we kind of dig on each other a lot, <laughs> but uh, they they do very similar work that we do in in the way of their aggressive, their their old salty, chowdy eating chowdy salty chowdies Americans. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. Check them out. They podcast every week. They okay uh, okay. No, I'm just, is there a Canadian term for? For salty? Aggressive, salty. Is that a Canadian term? Aggressive? I don't know. Get after it. We don't really have any weird terms like jeeped up. We don't have any of that stuff. Oh, jeeped up. Pitter-patter. We say weird things. Pitter-patter. Pitter-patter. Yeah. There you go. That's a Canadian thing? It's like letters. That's totally, totally a Canadian thing. No, 
That's a letter candy that said that. Yeah, I'm pretty better let's get out of Oh, yeah. No, there was an announcer in hockey and they used to say that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They'd, they'd start the old uh, first period. All right, better, better. Let's get out of here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was super stoked when they scored, too. <laughs> there you go. Who's the guy? Like I say. Hmm? <laughs> like I say, it's from the, the bigger city up north there. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Really oh, nice. geez. I used to work there, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that was his big thing, yeah. Hmm. There you go. It's got to be Canadian, though. It's completely so. Canadian. Right? Yeah. Double double Canadian. But that doesn't have anything to do with... Uh, it does not. The firefighting. It does not. Double double toque. It's nothing to do with aggressiveness. <laughs> toque? A toque. A toboggan, if you will. A toboggan. Uh, isn't that what Americans call it? No, no. No, no a toboggan. No, it's a thing it, you ride on. No. Google it. No, they call it a beanie. A so beanie also, or a stocking same cap. As, yeah, same as us Brits. Fact. We call it beanies. Yeah. They call it a toboggan? Yeah. No, you can wear a bunny hug and a toboggan. You, why are we even talking about bunny language? I'm wearing one. You're wearing one. Hoodie? Actually, you're not. Yeah, hoodie. What? With, with, with like, it's a bunny cap? The front pouch. I think our zippered ones, maybe not so much. That's a kangaroo coat in Australia. Is it? No, I have no idea. I just made uh, that. Marshall, is it a kangaroo coat? A hoodie with... <laughs> With pockets in the front. They have hoodies in Australia. <laughs> they might. Uh, they still get cold at some point, I'm sure, in their 30 degree weather. Right. Right. Mm. What were we talking about? Bar boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with their toboggans and their Anyways, bunny hugs of... sitting on their Chesterfield. And down the rabbit hoodie hole. What do you think of Canadian terms? No, uh, I feel like uh, out in what in the West, we don't have. Like old school terms, out, out east. I think oh, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's like pretty... it's like out there. Like they have they have eastern terms. Like we're almost pikies. <laughs> out, like out, out, is that racist? You know? No, is it? Oh, it's from a movie. I don't know. <laughs> There's lots of things from movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm talking about. You, you mean travelers, obviously. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like with caravans? With caravans. <laughs> what color? Only the pair of Uncle Blue. Bar boys, check them out. Bar boys, check them out. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people listen to us. Uh, is, is it? Or, <laughs> or not? Don't. Too <laughs> late. Um, yeah, on our listen, talking about us, actually, us, we, uh, if you're still here, thank you so much. Um, so, so we much. appreciate you coming back to listen every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may even have some fantastic news. The pig is off a spit. And resting in a box <laughs> with other pigs, because now we have what do we have, boys? T-shirts. Limited number, but it's not a very, like not a small number. We actually have a fair amount. We got mm-hmm. we got a good amount of t-shirts. Yeah. We invested. We did. Yeah. We yeah. did invest. Yeah. You owe me money, by the way. Kev's got. I think I owe Carl money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right. with with all that, it does mean that we are going to be kind of getting ready here to to start actually sending some t-shirts. Now it is the t-shirts that you've seen in all of the videos. Uh, we got a lot of comments on uh, if people could buy them and where they could. So those that pieces of information will be coming to you shortly once we kind of figure out as to the easiest way to get these things out to you. Um, if you are extremely keen and you want to get your hands on one earlier than we get them out onto the um, to the wherevers. What promises then, are you making right now? Then drop Scott a message. <laughs> you know, promise coming in hot right drop now. Drop me a message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott a message directly. Search, we, search out his personal We profile. may be able Find to Carl figure something out. And ask Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, they, they do look good. Um, good quality material. 
and uh, we got a whole bunch of them. So I believe uh, stickers will be shipped with this shirt. They absolutely one hundred percent will. Yeah. So yeah. you'll get a you'll get a uh, you'll get a t-shirt if you order a t-shirt, and you will get a decal of both our uh, podcast oh, or yeah or or one of them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one lucky participant may get a stolen mug. Just <laughs> 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 it in the box. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go um, yeah so keep your eyes open for that and all of our other video content that has been on Facebook if you haven't looked at it take a peek we've got some good stuff on there share it like it and uh, anyone who you feel like may get something out of it let them know to, to, to give us a listen give us a like and please do give us a rating on all of the uh, the podcast platforms that you listen to us on. It is greatly appreciated. It really helps, obviously, as I'm sure you're very aware. Um, and subscribe to the podcast because, uh, yeah, we do this stuff every week. We've been doing it for over a year now. Um, every, every week we release something and uh, mm. we try and make it as... I don't know what a word is. Yeah, what do we try to it's make? Not necessarily it, educational. It's just a bunch of firefighting. We do yeah. try to make it about firefighting, and then we start talking <laughs> about kangaroo pouches and all sorts of random stuff. But anyway, I digress. Bunny hug, really? Bunny hug. Yeah, really. Trust me, I, I couldn't make it up with my dragon. It's true. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Very wonderful. Ash, minding cars. Carl. <laughs> That Maybe that's what we should do a movie review on. Mm. We should just watch Snatch and Lockstock again. It's probably more firefighting than Backdrop too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big, uh, there actually, there is actually a fire. It's a trailer fire. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Boom. Spoiler alert. Done. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And if yeah. you haven't watched it, you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott. Oh, good night. <laughs> Forgot where we were. <laughs> good night, everyone. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.